Good afternoon. It's lunch. Guess what people do at lunch? They eat some lunch? Wow, I came up with that on my own. And then they go for a walk, they buy a Twix bar, and then they come back and they try to get the rest of the afternoon done. Remember, keep calm, carry on. I said to myself, I'm going to take a podcast break. Because if you overdo it, maybe people get sick of you. I actually want people to get sick of me. I don't really think I have anything to say to anybody that you already don't know. Technically, you should be reading the Bible, praying and doing that and doing your work too. You shouldn't be listening to a human being. But I'm kind of having fun. Uh, I know familiarity breeds contempt. But hey, I'll just make this. I'll add my two cents or one cent, my cryptocurrency to the internet. Be that as it may. I kind of wanted to talk to you about 1 Corinthians 13. And... Why do I want to talk to you about it? Um, because it's the, as I used to think of it before, the love chapter. So Paul, here's this guy who was a hardened Pharisee who was killing Christians. And I used to, when I read this before, you know, because I was in a very left brain church. And I'm a man, I'm kind of coolish. He's talking all this love stuff. I couldn't like figure this out. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You know, what would happen if you had all everything in the world, everything the world could ask for? You have all knowledge. You, you, you own uh, companies. You, you make Rockets go up. You buy social media companies. You own everything. But your heart is calcified and hard. You have nothing to look forward to past the coffin and the cold hole in the ground. What do you have? How many people have been buried with their car, their money, their trappings, and you say to yourself, is that guy crazy? I mean, you can't take it with you. I think some people have who are very rich to get buried in their car with all their money. And you go, is he crazy? What, how do you spend money uh, in a coffin? How do you, how do you sit in a hole and rot for the, as long as earth is remaining when you're wrapped up in your dollar bills or whatever it was that you were buried with? How do you do that? Like, why do you do that? Why not give the money away or... Make sure some people had it. Like, why do this? Like, I just heard some weird things about really rich people who have so much money, they just do something crazy like that. I can't be making it up because it is kind of crazy, but even I'm not crazy enough to make up this. So I know I've heard it somewhere. Although it's not usually the standard practice. Verse four, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. 
I've been provoked many times by other people who I think are evil, but I was provoked. I ran out of railroad with patience. My parents put up with me, but as you said, you're supposed to put up with your kids. You made them. Even I would say maybe some people have put up with me. They didn't, they weren't my parents, but they still liked me. But it seems kind of hard to believe. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Didn't Jesus say you would, wouldn't you inherit the kingdom of God if you were a child? Now Paul says you can't be a child to inherit the kingdom of God. What's going on here? Are we getting two different bits of advice? Well, I take Jesus' advice, but I think Jesus and Paul are together. They're actually in the New Testament. I'm going to assume that, G- that Paul is saying what Jesus would have said had he stuck around a little bit longer. And, and Paul was very, very Jewish. He was very left center Judaism, right? And all of a sudden he flipped from the old covenant to the new covenant, from a hard heart to a soft heart. All of a sudden Paul flipped from Galatians 5, 19 to 21 to a Galatians 5, 22 to 23 heart. Is it things that make you go, hmm... Isn't that so strange? And Paul says, you know, all the things that I learned, I counted them as dung, poo, and the yes word, if you want to use that word. Did Paul say that what he learned before was not good? He just said he unlearned it. It's not first priority anymore. I think New Covenant Christians, and I'm not telling you what to think, I'm asking you to think about what I tell you, should be a little bit disciplined little bit too right-brained, need to move a little bit to the left. Just a tad, just a smack. We don't want to be under the law anymore. Galatians 3.10, right? We don't want to be under the law. The law is a curse. But if we're too loosey-goosey, then what is that? In the name of Jesus, my will be done. This pastor was freaking out. Like I listened to him, he's a fundamentalist pastor. And he says, well, all you ever hear in the Baptist churches are love, love, love. Okay, I kind of get what he's saying, but I'm thinking in the context of what I have been struggling with, what I think he's saying is that all you hear in the other churches are self-centered love. If you believe in Jesus, you can do whatever you please. Is that what Jesus taught? Did Paul teach this? Are Christian leaders actually teaching this? Love, love, love. So when I read 1 Corinthians 13, And here's this dude talking about love, love, love. I just assumed it was just love, love, love. Just do whatever. As long as I believe in Jesus, I'm saved. Yippee-ki-yay. I believe in Jesus. I mentally assent there was a Jesus. He died on a cross, and that's good enough to go. Anything else is just legalism. Is that what Jesus is teaching? Just love, 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 self-centered love? The devil is self-centered. He does love somebody himself. You know what's going to happen to him at the end of time? We all read it in Revelation 20, verse 9. The brother with the pitchfork and the red leotard pants, he's going to get killed. He's going to burn. If burn means in a dark place forever, or it means some kind of fire for you, or if it means he's being burned to a cinder or an ash, you figure it out. 
Okay, you figure it out. It's not my job to figure out your hermeneutic. That's your job. Oh, sorry. I'm not talking to you. I'm actually talking to myself. I apply law to myself and grace to others. I'm not actually talking to you. So when I just said to you, you figure it out, I was actually talking to myself. You just happen to be the person listening to my sad, strong voice. Whew, what a save there. See how easy it is to start telling people what to do? I'm not on Mount Sinai, my friends. I'm shoulder to shoulder with everybody else who, who cares and dares to listen to my me and my big mouth. God gave me a big mouth for a reason, and I should use it, but use it wisely. Many times I didn't use it wisely. I talked too much and listened too little, because I'm sure God said to me, Hey, Mr. Calm Christian, I, w- I love you, but shut that pie hole in your mouth. And I didn't. I was wondering my whole life why, why Paul writes this, quote, sissy chapter, unquote. But now when I heard that fundamentalist pastor, I think he has a point. Paul and Jesus in the New Testament and God is not preaching self-centered love. It's preaching other-centered love. Because you love God enough that even when he takes away the guardrails, the transactions and the law, you're still lawful. Love fulfills the law. It doesn't dismiss it. And if you meet a Christian, quote, Christian, unquote, a carnal Christian who says, We're not under the law, we're under grace. Which is his way of saying, I can do whatever I want in the name of Jesus. Maybe you should sit down and think about what he is advocating. Because I don't think 1 Corinthians 13, I don't think Paul is doing that at all. He's trying to tell us something fundamental. This is Jesus' gospel. It's not the gospel of law and transactions where someone makes corporate rules and you just do them and that's all you got to do. Anybody can do that. If you're scared enough of the lawmaker, you will do that. The guy says, go the speed limit. I don't want to. I'll put a sign here. Okay, but I don't want to. And if you don't do what I say, I'll give you a ticket. And if you continue to do it, I'll take away your driver's license. Yeah, okay, I'm really motivated right now. Yep, I was going to do that. Yep, thanks for convincing me. I was going to do it. Yep, I just wanted to hear your ideas. Thank you so much, I'm doing it. Now take the speed limit down and take away the threat of the penalty. Are you still going to drive the speed limit? Well, no, I don't have to. There's no speed limit. There is a speed limit. The reason we have the speed limit is because that's the physics of getting to where you want to be at good optimal time, but at the same time, not sacrificing safety for the other people that are on the road with you. The world doesn't bend around you. You have to live in it with everybody else. We tell our kids that, but we're not doing what we teach our children. Because there's a lot of 50-year-old people walking around this planet right now, walking talking, acting, and dressed like little kids who are in high school. Because some of them walk by me and, you know, they're they're, uh, 18, 17 years old 
and they're dressed. They don't have any clothes on hardly. Job says he made a covenant with his eyes not to look at a young woman. Um, I think I broke that covenant a couple of times. I'll be honest and transparent. I'm really not talking to you. I'm talking to myself. I apply law to myself and grace to others, and I failed my own law. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people walking around this planet that are very dressed and speaking like they're immature teeny boppers. And they're about two-thirds done their life. They got one foot, as my grandmother used to say, one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. And one day, you're going to slip. Love, 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 the sissy chapter. Paul doesn't do sissy. He suffered, he was lonely, he was content, he sang in a jail, he was beaten many times, whipped and beaten. He said in the Bible, I've been whipped, I've been shipwrecked, I've been in in fear of false Christians, persecution for my own people. He's He's in persecution from his own people because he writes a sissy chapter? I don't think so. Homie, don't play that. You read 1 Corinthians 13 again. And if you say, yeah, there's some people that should do this. How about you look in the mirror and point to yourself? Be the change you want to see in the world. Remember, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. You just happen to be listening. You're on the sidelines. You happen to be listening to my silly podcast. Wondering why I don't keep my big pie hole shut. This is kind of fun for me, but as I was walking around the block, I wondered to myself, I think it was James 3, he says, don't teach what you don't live. Don't teach what you don't live. And if you don't like evil and sin in the world and you want God to get rid of it, then God might oblige you by starting with you and me. So don't wish it, be it. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance, self-control. Don't worry. The devil will find a lot of eye candy and stuff for you to stare at and be part of. It's not just, it's not just you. The flesh wars against the spirit. The flesh is self-centered and the spirit is other-centered. Honest to God, who do you want to win? Everybody says the spirit, but we all love the flesh. Be honest. The Christian walk is not an easy thing. I just read a verse and it said, Strive, for there will be many that want to enter the kingdom of heaven, and few there be that find it. I've been cut from a lot of teams, folks. I can't be cut from the Jesus team, the eternal team, the new creation team. I just can't be. I'm usually the guy who gets cut. I'm not the guy who wins. I'm the anti-hero of the story. If you are the anti-hero too, you know exactly what I mean and what I feel. Do it. Be the change you want to see in the world. Stay calm. 
and carry on. God loves you and he wants you to love him back. Truly, truly, truly. God bless.